Hello and welcome to the Jill's Fancast. Jill's playoff push has been temporarily put on hold, as you would know unless you live under a rock, as the COVID-19 strain of the coronavirus has put pay to English professional football until April the 2nd, April the 3rd, is it? At the very two earliest. Weeks, two weeks, one three um, weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's two game weeks, which includes an international break in the Premier League and Championship. Um, but yeah, I think it's three games for us that have been called off for the time being. And yeah, joining me is Owen Stanley. Um, and yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about what, what we can about obviously the news today and sort of the implications and impacts of it. Um, and then we've got plenty of questions to go through as well that, that you lot have been sending in throughout the, throughout the afternoon. Um, so that we have got some sort of football related content to actually talk about. Um, so yeah, Owen, obviously the news was finally confirmed today that sort of the Premier League, the EFL, the FA, whatever, ever together come to an agreement that the best thing is for football to stop, essentially, for for two, three weeks, um, for now anyway. Ultimately, it's a sensible decision, isn't it? It's a shame it took someone, a manager or a player, to get it to, for them to be forced into that decision. You see all the other major leagues throughout Europe, Serie A, La Liga, Eredivisie, all the other lot, and they've made the decision pretty quickly and we've we've sort of stuck with it and we were sort of well by we I mean the FA and whatever governing body were sort of adamant that it would carry on that was as early as as early as yesterday before the news about Mikel Arteta broke and kind of to the door subsequently but I, I, I do struggle to understand how it's taken so long for this to happen I think we we didn't even show any implications that it would be closed behind uh, played behind closed doors the idea we were given yesterday was that we played with full full attendance and not in the closed doors at all and I, I mean that, that it's it's a terrible situation for all involved people who have it and for football fans in general because this is like some people's like what they look forward to in the week and it has been on a sort of suspension but you have to look away from the football inside and acknowledge it's the right decision although it's taken a while to actually to come through it is in my opinion anyway that the best best thing for it and as I say it's frustrating that it's taken a, you know an Arsenal manager or a Chelsea player to come out and say they have it for it to actually be given a decision but even before that Brendan Rodgers said um, a couple of days ago that three Leicester players are in quarantine and that was before the Premier League decided that games would still go ahead as normal which given that information I don't know how they could have gone through that because you would imagine if three Leicester players were put in quarantine and surely the whole squad would have to be in quarantine yeah. because they would have come into contact with each other and you look at whoever Leicester played recently Aston Villa on Monday night you would have think they would have had to go in quarantine because well, we know those three players don't know who they are they may well have been starters or come under the sub or come into contact in some, some form then you see that Arteta's caught it and then you immediately think well they played West Ham and the news was that the Nottingham Forest owner who's also is a, is a stake in Olympia of course yeah, or something yeah. like that he was um, I believe he was at their game wasn't he yeah. or something like that and um, yeah obviously they came into contact with Arsenal and then came into contact with West Ham and, and so on and so on and you know, I don't know how it's how it's taken this long to come to the decision, but ultimately it is the right one. And you see how much it can 
arguably affect lower league clubs. People say about gate receipts and stuff like all, all um, big leagues are losing money. I think I read somewhere yesterday that the league are apparently going to lose was it six hundred billion or something like that from a few match days, which wouldn't take into account their TV revenue and whatnot. That's how that accumulates. And uh, yeah, it's frustrating. I'm surprised the national league's on tomorrow, but I don't think it'll be long to that follow suit and gets fingered off. Because one thing for me is like we. We haven't heard anything about it, but I think I find it very hard to imagine that there's not any cases in the EFL. Like you were saying earlier about the posh chairman, Darren McAnthony, that does three, is it three players? Two, uh, yeah, two or three players are in isolation. Yeah, we haven't heard anything concrete about a player from the EFL having it, but you'd, you'd surely imagine there's a few. Yeah, you think it's inevitable, but do you think that, admittedly, like you say, it's, it's probably taking longer than it should have to get to this point, but do you think it's the right thing to just cut football out completely instead of trying to keep it going behind closed doors yeah I think it, uh, it's a difficult one because you can argue if you play behind closed doors and you, you you get the fixtures done and you get out of the way of the congestion that will obviously have come because you've got the Euros which I don't think is going to happen then if you push back the fixtures now for however long it takes we've got three fixtures in a minute but that could well become five six depending on if it gets extended which I think it will do and then you could end up finishing the season in what June, July, maybe even, I don't know. And then that pushes, you would imagine, the start of next season back. And I think it's just a bit a, a bit too much to play behind, to not play behind closed doors really at the minute. I, I think, because it's difficult for players to play behind closed doors because if you have something to play for, you sort of need the fans and, you know, football stuff without fans and all that. And, you know, it's, I, can, I can understand the argument that you want to get the games done to avoid the congestion. But at the same time, I think, is it really that helpful in cutting it out anyway because if you think of some teams that do have it obviously Real Madrid have been sent home because one of their basketball players have got it uh, there's cases in Sampdoria I've got a couple either I've got a few in different leagues Arsenal now Chelsea of course so if the games do go ahead you would imagine they'd be in contact with the person who has it yeah. originally and then you also have a risk whether it's behind closed doors or not that they can then pass it on to the opposition team you don't know where they've been obviously players that have played in Europe like What's the biggest peak in the city, isn't it? Yeah. So who've played Italian teams recently? Um, Barcelona played, um, played Napoli. Napoli. Inter Milan played in the Europa League. So you know you have that for whoever, whoever team they play from that division. Uh, don't think English teams have played in the Italian leagues. So we've obviously been abroad. You no know, Wolves were in um, Espanol last week. And they so, played Olympiacos yesterday. Yeah, behind closed doors, but still, I don't. Again, I don't. Here's a. Someone showing off on a bike, um, but yeah, you don't. I just struggle to understand it because there are some games in Europa League that were called off last night, and then some that yeah. some that went ahead. I think, to my knowledge, Rangers was the only one that had uh, had fans yeah. there because obviously it's a British game, and up to that point we had um, the FA, but governing body or whatever your for decided it was fine to go ahead of that. But I know their return they get Leverkusen, which obviously isn't going to happen now anyway. It was planned to be behind closed doors in Germany. And yeah, basically, the time of recording on Friday, I think we we were looking earlier for betting purposes, weren't we? <laughs> we found like um, other than the national league, the north and south, and the Russian league, we had a few few tasty games bet on in the Angolian league. <laughs> <laughs> so the possibilities are still there, but yeah. But I think from a Jill's point of view, I think it is better that we're not playing at all rather than playing in an empty stadium um, just because I think for EFL clubs each game played behind closed doors will be 
a loss of match day revenue ultimately and Darren McCantley on TalkSport earlier was saying that over a course of a year match day revenue can account to up to a third of an EFL club's income um, so obviously to then take that opportunity away because at the moment yes we're not playing for the next three weeks but as it stands the hope is that we will still play 44 games and we will still end up playing the right amount of home games that we should do um, but I'm, I'm with you that the, the prospect of football restarting again on April the 3rd seems a very, very remote one at the moment. Um, and I see on the train about half an hour ago, I was reading on the Telegraph, I think it was, that I think the head of the FA has sort of secretly said to the Premier League that he, he can't see the season finishing, which then obviously would then be the same for the EFL and that then opens up a, a completely different can of worms because... You know, the Premier League, the EFL will then be looking at legal cases with your likes of your Leeds, your West Broms, and the Premier League, Liverpool and Bournemouth, teams like that who are having titles taken away or relegation on on the basis of not completing a season and things like that. And it'll just it'll just cause chaos. So I think whether it ends up being May, June, July, I think we have to try and get this season finished at some point. And like you say, that May then mean that we have to delay the start of next season or it might just have to be a case of that you know in in recent years a lot of managers and players have complained that fixture congestion has been too much but unfortunately it's not just here it's all over the world that this is a a completely sort of unprecedented set of circumstances that if it means that next season we have to have a lot more Tuesdays and Saturdays in terms of playing Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday so be it that is ultimately where we might end up having to head because otherwise this could just knock on for years and years and years. If it was up to you, what would you do in terms of if the season couldn't be finished? I think I think it's not a pain me to say it. I don't know if it's even legitimately you can do it. I don't know if there's some sort of legal problems or whatever. But I'd give them all the Premier League aggressively. I think Leeds and West Brom have got a sizable gap between themselves and third now, haven't they? So you could get away to giving them promotion, but then obviously you have the. What, what do you do? Do you just promote the third place team and scrap the playoffs? I don't know. I mean, for League One, it's probably you can just relegate Bolton Southend because that's happening anyway. But then obviously you've got Tranmere, Wimbledon right there. Like, what do you do for that? The, the top of the top of the table, of League One, is like six, seven teams. Yeah. You could finish top two of the minute. So. I mean, how, how do you do that? I don't and know. And the problem that we Unless have they play got behind closed doors, I don't... is if the season does, for example, get completed, but it goes on a lot later than anticipated. Obviously, especially in the EFL, a lot of teams will have a lot of players who are out of contract in June. So say the season runs into July, you might lose players and loan players while the season that. is still going on because they're out yeah. of contract. And if you decide right, we don't really want them next season, but you're going to have to let them go, which means you can't finish your fixtures with players. Because you look at Jules, for example, we've got quite a lot of players out of contract and half the team on loan. At least we're in a good position in the league. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, I, I didn't thought about it that way. It's a mad situation to think of what could happen if the season can't finish. Because especially in England, that what what they do quite well in countries like, like like Spain and the Liga for example is that at this moment in time everyone has played the same number of games so if they just went right we're just going to end the season as it is you can see some logic behind it because everyone's not admittedly everyone's played different teams twice but everyone has played the same number of football matches whereas in the Premier League 
I know Arsenal and Man City have played less games than other teams, and I think Bournemouth have played less games than other teams. And obviously in the EFL, it's a complete wide yeah. spectrum that some teams might have played two games less than others, three games less than others. So I don't know how they would work it and out. Some, there's been some talk of playoffs for certain situations, but that still then comes back to the problem that you've got to find a way to play these games. I was listening to an ESPN podcast, and they were talking about the Serie A relegation battle. And they said they, the way they do that is go off head to head. But then the problem would be there's like I think it was Genoa and Leeds, maybe that that they'd go to head to head. But obviously they haven't. I think Genoa had beaten Leeds, but Leeds haven't played Genoa a second time yet. Yeah. So obviously if going to head to head, you're missing the game out. So you just go. You only got to play a team once. You beat them, so you get stuck. But then is that then unfair because the other team haven't got the other other game to level it? I'd, I'd, I'm, I'm glad I don't work in the um, in a governing body in football. I'll tell you that. I'd yeah, just, it's it's. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Obviously, it's a situation we've never, that never, uh, never experienced before. Maybe. No, it's obviously we've never experienced it in our lifetime, and I can't imagine sort of our parents' sort of generation would have seen anything like this happen before. It's it's completely unknown territory, but I think we are in agreement that in terms of Jill's not not playing tomorrow or not playing next week, whatever, it's, it's the right decision um, because, like you say cases of it in the Premier League are coming out now you'd think you know there's just is a lot more players in the EFL than there is in the Premier League so by law or averages someone even if they don't know about it yet players are going to have it mm. um, and then like you say and then your risk of, of, of it just spreading and, and getting out of control um, but no that's obviously the, the state of play at the moment um, so we're going to try and pad this podcast out with some actual Jules related chat um, so yeah, I put a tweet out earlier asking for questions um, from you lot. I mean, I, I assume most of them are Jules related, but I've not seen all of them. Um, so that we can talk about sort of the season as a whole, because for all we know, we could look at it in six weeks' time and the season could be finished of where we are now. Um, so yeah, I've, Owen's got the questions. Well, on, on the subject of if the season ended now, Ryan White, uh, Ryan White asks, up to this point, would you assess Evans' appointment as a success, success, failure or neither? Oh, we have to look at it as a success, don't we? Um, Undoubtedly. I mean, I've lost track. How many games have we played in the league? What have we got up to? 30? Quickly, look. 36, 37? Might be 36. We have played 35. Oh, 35. And we've only lost eight. Yeah. You know, to put that into some sort of perspective, eight out of 35, that's what? We didn't lose, lost less than a quarter of our games, yeah. um, which is in comparison to last season. Uh, I think we lost 21 times last season out of 46. Yeah, so in comparison to that, it, it's, it's quite a drastic change. You know, we've, we've been competitive in bar... I can think of Oxford away and Rotherham at home. We've, we've competed well in each of those 35 games. Um, obviously, we've only lost three times away from home, which, which is incredibly impressive. You know, we, we, the season hasn't been without faults. We know that. We know that there are things that for next season, whenever that does come around, that there are things we do need to improve. But no, from what Evans inherited in the summer, which was a a team that had spent two, three years in a row battling down the bottom of League One. He walked into a situation where the goalkeeper had gone and his top scorer had gone. To be sitting quite comfortably in the top half of the table at this stage, I think, is is, is a really good effort from, from all involved. Yeah, we're 11th at the minute. We finished short of 13 for our season. So yeah. If the season was to end now, which you, know, you can't look past at this moment in time, we're going to be two places above, but we're a substantial amount of points forward. 
obviously would have played nine less games than last season, so we would have finished a lot better off, I'm sure. And I think it's definitely been a success where we go from here. We, you know, it's a it's a tricky situation given the current thing because I'd even thought about a contract situation until you said that. <laughs> um, I, I don't see how you could see it as a failure or really in between. We've made progress, albeit we're not we're not in the playoffs. I think I don't think we would have gotten the playoffs if the season were to finish or if it still does. I don't think we'd have enough. But yeah, I think only losing eight games in one season is drastically better than last season. It shows a great great improvement, albeit the majority will be draws. But I don't think you can look past it at all. Uh, we've got um, one from Darren Chandler who says, assuming we are still in League One next season, do you think Evans will look to bring back some of the current loanees for the next campaign? Um, should, we go, should we go through name by name? Yeah. Because <laughs> sort of, the, there's two parts to the question. There's obviously the case of going through the players individually, um, but sort of the overriding point will be: Will we look to bring some back? You'd say yes. It's a case of whether some of them will actually be possible. Um, so obviously, we had the, the ones that have been here all season: Jones and O'Connor from Southampton. Right, should we do it as like we'll go through the name and say, would we have them back? And then do you think well, we're going to happen? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll start with Tommy O'Connor. Um. Now, Tommy's one that I think I think we possibly could get him back next season if we wanted to. Um, I think he's done a decent job in the main for us this season. Um, I know the last two or three games I've seen him play, I think he's been a bit off it. Ever since he had his little injury, definitely, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's been quite the same since. But in terms of general, generally across the season, I think he's been pretty good and... And the good thing that Tommy gives us is that he can play in a couple of different positions, which is always good to have when you've got a small squad like ours. So, no, if, if, if we were to look at bringing him back on loan next season, or I don't know if, what Southampton want to do with him, maybe they might, he might be out of contract, they might release him, and in which case a, a different avenue opens. But I wouldn't complain if we had Tommy O'Connor back next season. I think we might be one of them where they've looked at how well he's done here and they might think next step up is loan him to a low-end mid-table championship side rather than us, which you couldn't really argue with. But I think we'd, I think we'd have a chance if we tried to get him back. Uh, who should we go for next? Ooh, we have quite a few. Uh, I'll go with Ollie Lee. Ollie, Ollie Lee. Um, I think that, considering that, obviously, there was talk that we might have lost him in January because Hart said that the manager change, um, and yet they still decided to let us keep him, I would say that there's a decent chance we get him permanently in the summer. Contract, um, I believe he is out of contract so you'd think that they didn't want to bring him back in January so they're not going to want to bring him back in the summer he clearly favours um, living down here doesn't he yeah so. he likes being down south he's done well here I think he's, he's scored slowed a, down a, a bit fair recently decent, yeah. but he's still played his part yeah, but he's, yeah, he's made, made some big contributions at times he scores goals his set pieces are good um, and yeah I think if the opportunity was there for us to bring Ollie back permanently in the summer it's one that I would look to do yeah I agree I would be very much up for keeping him who have we got next Alfie Jones Alfred, I think everyone would agree that we'd snap Southampton's hand off if they offered us a chance. I think, he's, I think he's the back, first one where I think we would take him back, but I think it's, it's very not unlikely. Happen. It's not going to happen. Um, I think, like what you've said about O'Connor, I think that is a lot more likely with Alfie that he probably will go on loan to the Championship team next season. Um, and to be fair, from what we've seen, deserves it. He could handle it in the Championship, can't he? Um, I mean, we've not seen a lot of him at centre back, which was supposedly his main position when he come in but even in that holding midfield row we, we've looked a lot better side in games where he has played compared to where he hasn't so yeah he's, he's come in and he's he's been a 
been a credit. Well, both him and Tommy have been have obviously been a credit to sort of what Southampton do with their youngsters because they've they've been quite sort of famous about it over the last few years that they produce a lot of young players and they've both come in and they've both applied themselves you know brilliantly you've had no trouble out of them there's no sort of discipline issue or anything or petulance from any of them they come in they do their job and and oh, me, that's what Evans has been looking for and yeah they've, they've both been fantastic and I'd love them both back next season but especially in the case of Alfie I I would be very very surprised unless the season finished and we won every game and got into the championship for the playoffs which we know is for now more more reasons than just football in ones is very very remote well I'm looking on the, the team lineups from last week so I forgot who we have so done him, done him. Jordan Roberts. Uh, do you know what? Looking at his record and the amount of games he played, I wasn't convinced when he signed him. But I, I think he's more than played his part. I think he's done really well. I, I yeah, I, he's done better than I expected him to. I still don't think he's a player that will score a lot of goals, but I think he does have a lot of other qualities that he does bring to the table. I think he works incredibly hard. Um, He's tenacious, he's, he's physical, he puts himself about that I've noticed. He's racked up a few yellow cards for us already, which which isn't necessarily always a bad thing. Um, Three. Yeah. Um, I don't know where Ipswich stand with him, whether if they stay in League One, they might want to... They might see that he's done a decent job with us in the same division and they might want to keep him. Um, I don't know if he's out of contract or not, but... No, he is. He's... He's one of them ones that if we brought him back next season, I wouldn't complain. But if we didn't bring him back, I wouldn't say, oh, I think we're drastically missing out on one. That's sort of where, where I would sit on him. Now, judging by the team sheet last week, we only have one left. It always feels like there's more, doesn't it? Forget the ones we've let go. Yeah, January. we got rid of a few, didn't we? Uh, Jordan Graham. I don't have an opinion. Not seen enough of him, to no. be honest. Um, you know, he had one moment of real quality up at South End that, that won us the game, ultimately. Set up kind of over his goal. Um, Wimbledon we lost um, but he come off the bench and we did look better once he come on but the, th- the thing is it's hard because the way Evans has set the team up for most of the season it doesn't really favour natural wingers like, w- like what Graham is and yeah I believe he is out of contract but it's hard to yeah like you say it's hard to really pass much judgement on him whether if he is out of contract I'm sure there will be a possibility that we would be able to realistically bring him back if we wanted to but I'm not sure that's one that Evans will pursue beyond the summer, to be honest. It's very difficult for him now, given the lack of games yeah. in have to actually make a difference. Uh, I think that's it in terms of loans. We do have one which is basically the same, but in a different scenario. Both uh, ones from Adrian on the forum and Louis Hart on Twitter. They've said, um, what contracts will you and would you not review? Adrian said the only one he'd consider reviewing at the minute is Aimer. Um Now, I've got to remind myself who's actually out of contract. Yeah, we'll, we'll start on Max. Um, 100%. This is, yeah, Max. Max Aimer, Max Aimer, Max Aimer. A player who, what's he been here now? Five, six years? Yeah. Up until a year ago, I, um, how can I, how can I put this? I was, I, I wasn't a great fan of Max Aimer up until about a year ago. Um, I, I thought, you know, for many seasons we've conceded a lot of goals, and he'd been the mainstay in that. But this season, he's he's looked. It's, it's without any shadow of a doubt, it's been his best player at the football club, best player, best year at the football club, should I say? Um, and yeah, and considering that last time he had the captain's armband, it it didn't go particularly well. He's he's taken on that responsibility this season, and 
and seems to have really thrived on it now and there's no shadow of a doubt that we need to look at getting him on a new contract and to be honest I'm surprised we've not looked at it before now um, because obviously given the uncertainty of where the situation lies now it won't be long until he is technically free to speak to anyone he wants to in could he get offers from better than us on the season? So on the season we've just had, any of our defenders aside from Fuller could potentially get offers from better clubs. I think he's been here long enough that I think he'd, I think he'd stay if we offered him. I, I, I don't think he'd particularly. What was he? Like Twenty-eight. I think. I, yeah. I wouldn't say he wouldn't be tempted by a higher offer, but I think he knows is the main part of what we're trying to do, and I think he'd, he'd stay. Fuller out of contract. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a tough one. Because I love Fuller, but you, you can tell he is slowing down a bit now. Um, do you know what I'd do? I'd give him a year, but I'd bring in another right back. Well, we've got one. Be oh, Odson. Uh, yeah, well, that's... Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he'll be here next year, funny enough. Um, I, I'd, give him a, I'd give him another year, but I'd also bring in someone else to be a starter. I'd keep Fuller as a squad player. Um... I don't know what's going to happen with Fuller. Um, I'm not fussed either way, to be honest. I think I, I think he's a legend at the club. But you have got to acknowledge at some point his, his legs are starting to go. Yeah, and that's no fault of his own. Just yeah, I'm not saying that. I would I would say, oh, fair enough if we let him go because he's he's done a poor job for us. Because I think obviously this is the second season of his return, and I think he's more than exceeded what ev- anyone possibly would have expected from him. But like you said, that probably hasn't helped the fact that in the last two game, last two years, he's played a lot more games than anyone would have expected, which naturally will eventually catch up with him. But yeah, there is going to be the sentimental part of you that thinks let's keep him around because I'm sure he is a great character to have around the place. But yeah, uh, I couldn't call what's going to happen with, with Barry. Uh, who else have we got to sign a contract? Ah, Brandon Hunt. Brandon Hanlon. You should have left him till last. We can um, if you want. No, it's all right. We'll do it now. Um, I will justify myself before people get really, really upset. Not for me. No. Um, not because I think he's necessarily a woeful footballer, um, but I think I touched on it on the last podcast. I think we were talking about Brandon for a bit and... Just that, you know, we had, like we just said, we've had a decent season this season. Um, next year, you know, realistically, we are going to be in League One. And Evans will be looking to now take that next next jump to not going into a season hoping for a top six push. He will be expecting that next season, which means that, you know, many people have said that our problem this season has been scoring goals, which there is no doubt about it. It has been, um, in which case I think Evans will look and think, I can do better than you. Um, you know, Brandon does have qualities. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say he's a poor footballer. You know, he's, he does cause defenders a lot of problems with his pace and, you know, his direct running. Um, his work rate is good. But I, I find it hard for anyone to argue that the end product is, is lacking. Um, and over the two years that he's been here, I've not seen enough improvement to suggest that he's going to drastically change that next season he'd step it up from a massive level from where he is now and you know if, if he does get a new contract I'm not going to shout and scream and say it's a shocking decision because I would be able to see why 
he's been given one but for me personally I think that with where we're looking to go under Evans now I think we can we can do better I think that's exactly it I think it's as you say he causes Juventus problems which he does but the thing is the amount of times he beats a player on the, on the far side and gets into a good position in the box I, I find it hard to be confident that anything's going to come of it and you know his stats this season back that up I think it's what like he's played he started all but maybe two league games he had that period about a month ago where he didn't start a couple Charles Cook's a goal behind him and he's played about 20 minutes all season Ogov is level with him isn't he yeah and, um, I think he started every game bar two that push yeah. uh, can't be one more, or can't two be it might have just been one well um, there you go and the game before Blackpool can't remember who it was against oh, I can just check here actually uh, Rochdale yeah so that's 35 games apparently he's played four goals he's got two less goals and he has yellow cards um, yeah if we look in all competitions it's 35 in the league four in the FA Cup so that, and then one in the Carabao Cup so that's 40 games and he's had seven goals I think that sort of tells you all you need to know doesn't it really I mean as I say, he works hard. He's not somebody who just lounges around the pitch and doesn't try. He tries his best, and you, you acknowledge that. But at the end of the day, you look at games, Peterborough's away, the Ipswich is away, where he's had chances, and there's games we should have really won, and I managed it. And I think, I think someone tweeted it the other day when he, um, in the Southern game, we went through one-on-one and missed, and someone said he routinely costs us points. You find it hard to disagree, don't you? Yeah, it's... Uh... That's that's the but that's sort of what I mean that he has his goal return can't be blamed on not having chances because like you say the Peterborough game he misses uh, it's, it's 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 pretty much an open goal um, and even Sunderland last week he misses a one on one Ipswich he missed a couple of chances Wimbledon both home and away yeah. um, and that's what it comes down to for me is that. He's been here two years now and he's played pretty much every game in them two years and I've not seen a big enough sign of that improving to suggest that I would keep him. Um, You know, it's... Admittedly, yeah, he does bring other qualities to the team but when it's it's other people that we've had in the past, you know, people, I think of players like Luke Norris and stuff that have been there, it's always been... Well, striker's job is to score goals, and he doesn't score enough goals. Well, if if we're going to go run by that line, then Brendan Handen doesn't know, score I enough know goals. Fat, but I imagine Luke, Luke Norris has more goals for us. Probably, probably. Mm. Uh, last two, I think it's a pretty simple one. Brent Pringle, I think he's, not played enough. Yep, yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, that little little brief patch game yeah. against Shrewsbury, and then he got put out of the team again. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, he's been a good player. I mean, how many games has he played for us this season? Because he's only managed 10 games. Yeah. Four of them off the bench. You can see with Ben that he... There has been times where he's looked very, very good player for us. But I think it's just the case is that we've brought him into the football club when he's a bit past his best now. where Which is why we're not seeing him consistently playing and consistently churning out quality performances for him like he may have done further, like previous in his career. So, yeah, I think it's inevitable that Ben Pringle will leave at the end of the season. Uh, there's one that I wasn't too sure on until a few weeks ago Charles Cook yeah this is yeah. well yeah two or three weeks ago it would have been there was no chance he's staying obviously he's 
I wouldn't even, well, he's not even had that many minutes recently, but it's the impact he's made in the, in the short amount of minutes that he's had, which has sort of raised eyebrows and potentially diverted attention in towards, towards keeping him. I'm still not sure. There must be a reason why Evan still won't give him that start. I'm not saying he's necessarily a poor trainer or anything like that. It just suggests to me that maybe he isn't Evans' cup of tea. Did you say, Hanlon, 31 starts, four goals. Charles Cook, five starts, three goals. Yeah. Um, had, a I, good, I, had a good game the other night, albeit against Dover. Got a couple of goals, didn't it? I, I, yeah, I really like Regan. I think he's something a little bit different to the rest of the midfielders we've got. I think he has got a little bit more of that that spark he gives us more goal threat than the rest of the midfielders I think barring possibly Lee but you'd say that quite a few of Lee's goals have been set piece related um, I wouldn't be disappointed if we if we offered him a new deal but there is a chance that he will be let go because the fact is that Evans hasn't wanted to play him a lot this season there's also the possibility that he might decide himself I don't think I'm going to play enough here so I'm going to I'm going to move on which I, I could see but no, I'd, I'd quite like Regan to be around next season, to be honest. Uh, moving on to another question. That took a long time to get through, didn't it? Uh, Lee Clifton says, hypothetical question, but if you had to make one decision in the summer for which player you would keep out of Jack Tucker and Connor Ogilvie and which one you would sell, who would you go for? I would sell Jack Tucker because I think he has bigger sell value than Connor Ogilvie and I think Connor Ogilvie's solid. Been a few, not to say Jack isn't, Jack's a fantastic footballer. I think at the ages that you have to cash in eventually and if we do get a good enough offer, it can improve the team in other areas and we still have people like Connor and Max who are good good defenders as they are so I think pretty straightforward for me I think I would sell Jack Tucker and keep Connor Ogilvie just for the money I'll go the opposite really? yeah I would keep Jack if we can and if we had to I mean like Lee says it's hypothetical because ideally we'd have them both next season but the way I look at it is that we've got Jack tied down next season will be the last season of Connor's contract and if he knows there is interest sniffing around, why would he sign one, a new one, next season? Which then means we would run the risk of losing him for nothing. Um, whereas it sounds like we've got a, a bit more security with Jack. And obviously with, with his age and how well he's done this season, you would think that in a year's time, Jack's value will only go up more. Um, and maybe it is a little bit of sort of loyalty to someone that's come for our own youth system but I, I I really really do hope that Jack Tucker is still with us next season even if it's just for that one more season um, but yeah if we had to sell one of the two I would reluctantly sell Connor over Jack Steve Joyce replied to that question and said sell both and buy a team <laughs> I mean you could you, you know you realistically you'd probably say that we'd probably I think we'd look at three or four million for Jack um, I reckon probably a million half for Connor so you, we'd probably be looking at five 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 and a half million which Steve Evans could do a lot of good with if he was given the money but no I definitely wouldn't want to lose both of them that's a lot of trips to Dubai though (laughs) (laughs) Uh, final couple now Uh, Lonesome Traveller says given how modern stadiums can often be devoid of atmosphere MK Don's Arsenal for example would you want Gillingham to move into a new facility given that they normally bring in greater revenue I would say one can we afford it and two do we have the catchment area and are we using that well enough to then fill a stadium in League One. I think if we got a bigger stadium whilst we're still in League One, I don't think we'd financially benefit much from it. I think we'd sell it, we'd sell it out. And I think you can't really think about buying, getting a new stadium until you're until you're in a higher division where the catchment area is a bit higher. 
I put a roof on your way until it's something like that. But <laughs> I think if we had a, you know, a lot of Bob fans consider our stadium one, one of the worst in the league because they're away. If we give it a roof, it's one of the better ones, to be fair. But I, I, don't, I don't really think too much about stadiums. I know Scali likes to likes to suggest we're going to move into one at some point. There's questions about that at the forum, which he sort of gave half and half answers to. But I, I don't really look too much into stadiums and think about where we can go. I sort of think about we've got to make the movements on the pitch first before we can sort of think about that sort of move. Yeah, I mean, look, the new stadium looks unlikely until... I say until, that makes it sound like it will happen imminently. If the chairman can find some sort of backing from somewhere to help fund it, because obviously... Like you said, at the fans forum himself, he's not got the money to do it. Um, and yeah, like you say, I think all the time we're in League One, there isn't there isn't a need for us to be playing in a bigger ground because we, well, I don't think we even half fill the one we've got at the moment. Um, and you know, it's not for a lack of effort from the football club. You know, season ticket prices were were hundred quid down for me anyway compared to the season before. Obviously, they've been kept the same for this season, so the club are doing what they can. Got to get to next season first. Um, yet, for some reason, the attendances haven't really... I think he said they're slightly up on last season, but it's not... You know, you'd have expected that if an adult season ticket had come down £100 in price, you'd have expected probably a little bit more of a of an increase than what we've seen this season. But hopefully, the fact that now Evans has been here for a year, people, more people have been won over by him, you know, we have won a lot more games than we've lost, so hopefully from next season we might start seeing the benefits a bit more in terms of crowds. But yeah, until we start actually moving forward in terms of looking into the championship and getting bigger crowds in, in at Priestfield, I don't think the new ground is ever going to materialise. Right, we've got one, one more on Twitter and one more on the form to quickly get through. The other one was on Twitter from Lewis and Trevor again said which areas we need to improve in next season in order to push for promotion. But we need more goals. Um, that's the obvious answer, you know. Our defensive record is, I'm pretty sure it's 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 third or fourth best in in League One this season. So, you know, if if we went into next season and we did still have exactly the same defenders and goalkeeper as this season, then we wouldn't be too disappointed. You know, we've brought in a little bit more cover, I think. But yeah, we need more goals in the team, and I think we need a little bit more creativity in midfield. Uh, for, yeah, from midfield, you know, we've. We've been solid in midfield this season. You know, Joneses, your O'Connors, your O'Keefe's have, have been very, very good in, at protecting that defence. And that, they've definitely played their part in, in why our goals conceded column is, is so low. But we do need a bit a bit more spark, um, a bit more goal threat, I think, from midfield. Which, could Matty Willock do that next season if he can have a good summer and be fight, fit and firing to go for a full season? I still think there's a, a lot more to come from him. Um, but the main one is goals, you know. I'm, I know some people have been getting a bit frustrated with Akindi already, but yeah, come on, you know, he's, he's, he's come unfit, apparently. Um, you know, he's still getting to know everyone. We're still trying to work out how to play to his strengths and things like that. So I'm not going to judge him too much until next season. But even if Akindi was going to start scoring more goals, we still need more around it than just him. I'll do one more question, then we'll wrap up because we're sitting outside and it's getting a bit chilly. Uh, this was the garden, McKinley, from Ryan Collin on the forum. He said, what have you made of McKinley's performances so far? From what I've seen, I don't see him to be much better than what we already have. Uh, he, he's been very hot and cold. In some game, a couple of games where I think he's been really, really good and a couple of games where I think he's been really, really poor. Um, his first, well, his very first game at Rochdale, he 
He definitely set one of the goals up, if not both of them. And then his first home game after that, he won that penalty, didn't he? With a really, really good run. Things looked really, really promising from him then. Obviously, he scored a really nice goal at Blackpool. And from then, he had two or three games where his performances did dip. And we touched on it in the podcast last week that he does give off the impression at times of being a lazy footballer. But I did say that's probably because of his his size and his stature. He can't really go hairy around the football pitch like people like Brandon Hanlon do because otherwise you won't get any longer than half a game out of him. Um, but then Sunderland last week, he come on and had a positive impact. He was in, he was involved in both of our goals. He shielded the defender away from the first one. Yeah. One initial flick yeah. on which so, fell to Lee. You know, has he, ha, if you look at his, just his performances in isolation, have they been brilliant? No. But I also look at it and think that his presence on the football pitch has probably helped for five or six goals we've scored since he's been here. Yeah, you've got to consider the, the when he came in, we all knew we were crying out for a striker, so there was that sense of expectation there of him and people probably expected him to go and score however many goals straight off the bat, but it, it does take time. He hasn't had much map fitness at Lincoln with a lack of performances. And I said to you last week on the podcast, I think we won't see the best of him until next season. I think it'll stay that way. I think at the minute where we are in the league, I'm not expecting us to reach the playoffs, obviously we're not going to go down. If we can maintain a top half, top ten finish, that'll be great for this season, especially considering the circumstances now. But yeah, I think we'll see the best out of him next season, along with new additions, of course. But I, I think he's had um, an okay start, but obviously we did expect more. There were some games where he didn't do enough. I think Wimbledon he was poor, but then saying that he, he sets hand up for that chance right at the end out of nothing, and you know. But uh, yeah, I think he came on against Sunderland. He, as I say, shields the players away from Mandon to get a shot away for the first one. Wins a flick on for a long throw, which leads to Lee playing off to Mandon for that strike, which is quite to Lee. And yeah, I think he scored midweek against Dover, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. So he's getting more match fitness there, but I think we won't see the best of him until um, till next season. And that is all the questions we have time for because yeah. I am freezing. I think, just very quickly on, on John Akindi, I think it's a case of that. He'll be fine next season. It's just a case of we need to find the right partner for him. And it will be a, I think it will be a Brandon Hanlon type, just one that will read his flick-ons and pounce on them to score goals. You know, like what, going back a few years, the Cody and Akin Fenwa combination, it worked. Cody could read Akin Fenwa's flick-ons and stuff to a tee and then put the ball in the back. Do you remember one game, I think, it wasn't the Walsall one we went to, it was one like maybe the season four or season after. I think, don't score, I think we drew one all, like we always used to back then. Yeah. And it was... Um, just one uh, goal kick forward and actually just flicked it over McDonald and scored a yeah. brilliant goal from that yeah but no, that's what I think we need to get to with John it's just a case of finding a partner for him getting him fit over the summer and then I think we'll also see the best of him but no I wouldn't write him off I think there has been signs that not necessarily glaringly obvious ones like him slamming goals in but there are signs that he does bring us something different that have resulted in the scoring goals but but no, thanks for all your questions. There were some, some good ones in there and it was nice to actually be able to talk about a little bit of football where in the last week it's been coronavirus, coronavirus everywhere you turn and it will be now for the next three, four, five, six weeks. Yeah, it does also impact how, to be honest, I don't know when we're going to manage to do a podcast again because we won't have any subjects. We're going to have no news. Um, so, yeah, so... Bear, we'll, with, we'll, bear we'll, with us on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep updated and... We'll do one when we can, and when, as and when we have something to talk about. We can't guarantee when that will be. Um, but no, until then, up Jills.